A listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one It is a Sunday. April 30th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. My name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, in terms of structure, this round started okay, got really good in the middle, and then just finished with an absolute barnstormer. If it was a book, you're like, you know, it sort of drags in parts, but gee, the start, the middle, and the end, fantastic. I mean, Saturday night was a bit of a black spot yeah. <laughs> for entertaining football. Like, there was two games on at the same time, wow. and both of them were, I we'll mean, get we'll to get that. to it, yeah. but both of them were just, abs- I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a new series on Netflix. <laughs> I read. It drove me to reading. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to put boo, next to my bed. Boo. I boo that. That's a lot Reading football. is the Jason Horn Francis of this podcast. <laughs> boo. boo. <laughs> uh, but yes, we have just, so last week, so we recorded the show obviously on Anzac Day last week and we signed off in a way that is like, I just am so glad that that's how the actual podcast ended last week because uh, the truth of it is we did what everybody does. We wrote off Collingwood. We said, we said that Essendon were far enough ahead that like Collingwood probably couldn't win it from there. And Charlie, why would you do that? I don't know. Why would you think that Collingwood can't win a game in last quarter? Because we are recording this 10 minutes after the final round of the weekend has just concluded and they've fucking they done did it, it again. again. <laughs> I had my fingers poised on some kind of like snarky tweet about the only way to beat Collingwood. And then with about six minutes to go, I'm like, I'll just wait. I'll just hold fire on this deck. Because you just got a feel, you just get a feeling. It's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Like last year, it was sort of this kind of almost like this novelty. It was kind of, oh, wow, this kind of repeating pattern. But now there's something about it which is kind of built into their DNA, which is like, oh, no, this is just a, a tool at their disposal. They just allow teams to get in front and then they just run them down. I mean, remember a few weeks ago there was a bit of a, a commentary controversy around BT and the fact that even though Collingwood were five or six goals behind, he was still banging on about the fact that Collingwood could still win and there was all those complaints that he was like, oh, BT. Like, no, he was just – that was the one week where it didn't happen. But on every other week, he would have been right. You just cannot write them off. And and it wasn't without any, like, help from the umpires. Like, there was four of the most obvious free kicks – in that last quarter to Collingwood that just didn't get paid. And I understand this whole thing of, like, the whistle gets put away and stuff. Mm. But at one point, like, is it Nathan Murphy? The guy who's just come back from concussion, who was sensitive to yeah. concussion, has Darcy Fogarty run into him and break his nose, then fully extended arm, no free kick. And then No free kick. Johnson's in, a go- in the goal <laughs> square head running off. into goals and gets his head ripped off. But how about, <laughs> like, like a- only seconds after uh, Murphy's helped from the ground? Like, literally the trainers are helping him off the ground. Round, the ball spills out towards them and Dugowie just like gently taps it because he doesn't want to charge into the trainer's injured player and they pay deliberate. Deliberate. Like like against Jordan Dugowie making the first sensible decision <laughs> he's made in his life. You're not meant to punish him for that. He should get a treat for like finally making a good, sensible, mature call in the moment. Like it was 
I mean, look, the only reason that Collingwood was still in it was Adelaide kicked so badly because Adelaide dominated that game for so long. And just you saw it with the short turnaround from Tuesday and they just can't do it again. Like it was slippery. It was like, you know, it would, the whole game had just been this sort of low-scoring, low-skill affair. But they just believed that they can do it. And even though, like you said, those things all went against them, they just – and you know who the biggest fan of the Collingwood Football Club is? Craig McRae. Loves them. <laughs> He gets so excited. He's so wrapped that he gets front row seats to the games every week. I know. He basically high fives people after each goal. It's like he loves it. It's the best. He loves it. It's funny too, like the players that even that, you know, there's reasons to dislike Jordan DeGoey, Jack Ginevan's kind of more that kind of pantomime villain and stuff, but they play this really unselfish brand of football. Like as individuals, I'm like, yeah, sure, you could have a problem with them, but the way they play for each other. And then to have Darcy Moore as your captain who spoke so eloquently, you know, uh, after the Anzac game last week, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, but then to sort of see him talk both mid-game and post-game, it's like he's probably the best captain going around. And that's saying a lot when you've got some pretty like can- pretty high candidates running around. But to be – You know the- what I love today though? Because that – I mean, that Anzac Day speech was made – half an hour after we finished recording last week and you were on your way to something else and I messaged you at the time just saying, did you just see Darcy Moore's speech? Because it was magnificent. Like, for a guy who honestly looks like he should be an alleyway outside a pan room scoring heroin, <laughs> like, to be, like, for him to speak so For a eloquently. guy who looks like the one dude who's really holding out a candle for Nickelback. Like, he can't wait for Nickelback <laughs> to come back to Australia. <laughs> For the one dude, like he honestly, and then today dropped the f bomb in one of his interviews, and I was just like, "That's great." Yeah, that's what I like. This is you, like you've got back to this was him doing his like proper presentation moment, and but you know what? I can still drop an f bomb if we're makes him more relatable. I'm still that makes him more likable and relatable. He's amazing. (laughs) Well, I can't believe that you made his dad so mad. I know. (laughs) I keep thinking about that, and like it was with no ill intent. It was just me trying to get under the skin of like a comic player I didn't recognise. Little did I know that not only is his father a Brownlee medalist, like a two-time Brownlee medalist, but his son (laughs) will maybe go down in history as one of Collingwood's greatest captains. And greatest ever players, like one of the greatest defenders to ever play the game. And impossible anyway. to dislike. That one player I harassed is impossible yeah. to dislike, and I found a incredibly way. Incredibly cool, incredibly well-spoken, an incredible supporter and club person. And I'm in leadership. Like like you said, it's hard to, it's hard to like, you know, there's, there's all this historical anybody but Collingwood sort of stuff that you have as supporters of other clubs, but... Because what they're doing is so great and fun to watch, like the spirit in which they play football and the belief that they have. But also I think that some of it is being done against the odds. Mm. I mean, they have no tools at the Will, moment. Will, would like you say their backs are against the wall? I know that Geordie Dugowie this week yeah, said I that they're back, they like when their backs are against the wall. So, um, But, you know, to have no tall players, to have no Pendlebury, like their most consistent player of the last 14 years. Like in Dacos the had a like, quiet game. To be able to do all that and still get the job done. In hostile territory with the umpires against you. And against a good team. Yeah. A good team playing hard competitive football. It was... They've, I just was like, they've done it again. How the how the fuck <laughs> they're funny, and even just by a point yeah. now, it's like they have to like like 
get further behind or win by less to really enjoy it. (laughs) But how deflating is it after an amazing contest like that, you know, looked like Adelaide had it in the bag and this big come from behind win. How deflating is it to then go to the bounce? (laughs) Like that's when you want like the analysis, (laughs) you want Kingy in the lab, you want them all breaking it down. And that's like, now let's see Bernie Vince get bullied for an hour. I mean... You're right, though. That is exactly – it's just too too much of a tonal change, isn't it? Yeah. You're like, whoa, just bring bring Kath back into the studio for 15 minutes to just, like, get us through this transition yeah. point from the game into the bounce. Now, well, apart from uh, today, can you think what my favourite moment of the weekend was? Uh, what well, your favourite moment of the weekend Hit it, Mike. was? Uh, Five points to margin. 50 seconds and counting. Himmelberg takes out of the air. Did he throw it away? Did he drop it then? Toby Green. He bends it. Toby did he get enough on it? He did. Now, let me give you a bit of context uh, for how I saw this game. So, uh, I only uh, had a, like a, a kid's birthday party that we went to. And the parents very generously uh, said, look, after the kid's party, everyone's welcome back to our place. We're going to have some food. We're going to have the footy on. The kids can keep playing in the in the front yard, which is great. But then one of them said, oh, I'm a big Swan supporter. And all my mates are Swan supporters. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, I can go. I can tough this out. I can sit among Swan supporters. And so it was fine, you know, because I can engage in general footy chat. But it was a quite a tight game, and every time the Giants were sort of clawing back into it, I was having these involuntary kind of like muscle spasms <laughs> and stuff, and it was like <laughs> like one of those you know movies like World War Two where a guy's sort of like in person lays in with the Nazi officers. That's right. And he's, my yeah, German has to be perfect. They're getting a little bit more and more suspicious, <laughs> yeah. and then you reference some place that isn't the original Germanic yeah. pronunciation <laughs> of that town or something, and you're like, oh, they're on to me. It, 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 was, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Brett Daniels at one point kicks this goal. And I gave this little sort of fist pump and it got caught by the host. And he's like, so who are you going for? And I said, oh, just, no, I love a good game. I footy. love footy. Yeah. I just love the game. I love I footy. Love look, football. oh, look, I'm a Saints fan. We had a disappointing yeah. loss last night. I'm just, here to, I'm just here to watch a good game of footy. Football in general. Yeah. <laughs> Go football. <laughs> and then when it got to that kind of last two minutes, and I think the Swan supporters, they had sort of assumed, you know, and this is part of my issue, they kind mm. of assumed that they had it wrapped up. <laughs> With two minutes yeah. to go. And so that some of them had started to drift out of the room, sort of, you know, chatting more, the music was getting turned up. But I was watching like a hawk will. <laughs> and I don't know if the Giants have to credit me for this victory, but I was sitting there going, come on, let's just see some magic here. In my head, I was like, maybe Toby Green can pull something off here. I wasn't expecting that exact sequence of events. But it sounds like I wasn't the only one, because if you listen back to that replay, Dermy calls it. Like after, so Toby Green takes a mark outside 50 and then kicks it to Himmelberg and gets rushed over the line. And Dermy goes, that is the worst possible result for the Swans because now the guy who kicked it in gets to reset at the next ball up. And that's exactly what happened. And it was just, oh, it's chef's kiss twice now, twice. I'm, I'm becoming of you. And I now see what I was like watching Melbourne lose games last season. I understand. It's, there's something, and Sydney in particular, it is – I think it's privilege that you're rallying against. I feel like forever – I feel like this is what's released in you. Like I know where my Melbourne stuff comes from. It very much is, you know, Melbourne, Western Suburbs. It is 
again, it is a privilege thing. I think we're both class warriors when it comes to the AFL. Let me say this. Yeah. I lived in Sydney for close to 15 years and I went to Swans games as a fan to follow the Swans. I've always liked the Swans. I've always respected mm. the culture of the Swans, but something changed yeah. for me last year. You, and but I don't you've moved know. out of Sydney. I, I wonder if... Is that what it is? I wonder if like you had some sort of Sydney Swans Stockholm syndrome. You had, yeah. you know, you had SCG syndrome and you just Look, become... Look, I don't know if I've gone full like class war. I think I've moved into a teal seat. Uh, I think I'm sort of like I have, you know, social conscience. I still enjoy the benefits of, you know, my position in society and stuff, but I ideologically am opposed to it. But it's, I, look, I don't – I can't put it into words. I think it was the experience of going to the SCG last year and, and watching the Saints get smashed and just the vibe I was getting from Swan supporters. It's it's completely – you know, in in the way that I read body language and interpreted interactions on that night has led me to feeling like this about the Swans this season. It's it's funny to me because I know that like a lot of Swans fans now hate Bulldogs, right? Like yeah. there seems to from be from twenty sixteen. From twenty sixteen, and then I don't know for whatever other reasons there seems to be, you know. I think they felt like they were hard done by by the umpires, and the Bulldogs get a better run, and it becomes part of that mythology, you know. But I am indifferent to Sydney fans. Right. Because, like, I mean, we beat them, so ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, it, yeah, but no, the point is I don't have that bad memory against them, Like, whereas I have it against Melbourne. Melbourne are my, you know, Sid- what, what the Bulldogs are to Sydney, Melbourne not, are to me. But Melbourne you know. still aren't like that for you. You've softened on Melbourne. And I dare say that I will soften on Sydney at some point. Yes. It's just their time to get in the firing line. I can't think of who – I mean, I, I hated Port Adelaide for a long, long time, and I think I may hate them again <laughs> after Friday before we get to that. I just wanted to ask you about the Swans and the SCG. Yeah. No longer their fortress. I think that can be safely said. But if this habit continues of dropping games that they should win when there's a couple of minutes to go, I'm not saying it's Richmondy, but is there a – like a similar kind of term that that evokes the same kind of thing that says you know that they have lost uh, a stolen lo- a loss from the jaws of victory something like that I mean could it be a swan dive for instance could it oh, be they shit I mean, the that's pond pretty good did they shit the pond <laughs> they shit. I mean I'd like to see the commentators try to use that one <laughs> it feels like they've really shit the pond yeah, I'd like here, to see Jared Waitley on <laughs> AFL three sixty seat. Now, I believe Will Anderson pioneered this Will phrase, Anderson shit the pond. Shit the pond. And I'll have to come out again and go, for fuck's sake. Uh, it was my shit the pond. I mean, I love shit the pond. Don't get me wrong. Like, no no such thing as a bad idea. But I, I think swan dive, it, it, it is a bit of a swan dive. That, that feels what it is because I don't know what it is. I've watched a bunch of Sydney games this season and I – mostly think they're good. Mm. But they've started to, like, play like a team that isn't good. Yeah. Well, they had no – I mean, they're, they're still quite shaky on defence. And I think yeah. also they've lost a, a couple of other players through injury. So I don't think it's entirely – I have to say, watched the entire game, I could not have picked Jake Lloyd out from, like, no. a lineup. I still have no idea. <laughs> what do you get, 39 well, touches? Well, because no, there's <laughs> another guy that I thought was Jake Lloyd, but it turned out to be the other one, not Callum Mills. Who's the other one? Um, Dane Rampey. I thought Dane Rampey was uh. Jake Lloyd. And, I've, I'm, and I actually think I've thought that for the last five years. So <laughs> apologies out there, Swans fans. Now, Will, you mentioned um, Saturday night was was a disaster. Yeah. Do you think that is the worst Saturday night doubleheader in recent memory? 
I, I can't remember. Like, I mean, particularly with this season, off to such an incredible start. Like, there had just been round after round of – and particularly with Gather Round as well and all the Anzac games. And it just felt like – like any series, it can't just keep escalating. Yeah. Like, if we'd gone Gather Round, then we've got, like, you know, all the Anzac matches. Like, we've got the highest two home and away crowds, like, in the history back-to-back. Like, what do you do the next week? Yeah. Like you, know, you, you, <laughs> you know. need a pause. You need <laughs> right? to stop down. Yeah, and, and sometimes you've got to actually remind people that, like, it. Like sometimes the good teams have got to play the bad well, teams. Is honestly the the case. Like to give you a like, if I had to do a a, a visual breakdown of how I got put off football on Saturday night, I had KO. On my, I was doing some work. I had KO on my other monitor, and I had the dual screens going. And it's like it's always that thing when you've got the two screens going on KO. It's like Okay, what game's getting more of my attention? The closer one. So I had the both screens up and I was like, oh, fuck, the kangaroos are getting absolutely smashed. Okay, so I'll go over to the, oh, God, this is bad as well. And then I'm like, well, who's got a better chance of getting into this game? And I'm like, all right, the, I'll, I'll put my money on the kangaroos. <laughs> and then I saw that goal from Cozzy Pickett where he just walked around three North Melbourne players who just refused to go near him. Like, it was like they were just like, nah, you, know, you're gonna, you can kick the goal. So I closed down that window and I was like, come on, Eagles. Like, maybe a bit of that WA pride's going to come into play. And then it's just like, all right, I guess I'm going to go read a book. Boo. <laughs> Thank you, it, AFL, for my, forcing me to be bloody literate. It's so rare because I don't mind a tailing normally. Like, I enjoy, you know, like not those sometimes, two teams though. Not no, but two. that's the thing, right? That's what I was going to say. It's like watching Geelong smash someone, I will always be in for because their team is so entertaining that you're just like, oh, this will be a fun game to watch. Like, you know, so I, I agree with you. I got to half time and all I could think was out of two games, I can't make a whole good game. <laughs> There's not enough ingredients in two whole games to make one good game. The worst part about the kangaroos thing is it's like, Kane won't fucking shut up about the kangaroos. Like he retweeted an article he wrote three days ago saying how the the parade's over or, or whatever, and then he retweeted it. And it's like, mate, it was only three days ago you wrote the initial article. Like, yeah, I don't think you can retweet something to show how sort of prescient you were when it was three days ago before, like in between rounds. It doesn't speak to anything. Mate, but we're never going to hear the end da- of it. Three now. days for you, but when you're in the Cornsiverse, like. <laughs> That when you're like broadcasting like 19 hours a day in 55 various forms, and like you're Was it constantly the KFU? having the, like the, the Corns football universe. <laughs> because honestly, the amount of hot takes he's having per day. Oh my god! Like you know, in the morning, in the night, on the radio, on TV, like in this column, like to him, the idea, the fights he's having on Twitter, the idea that he's retweeting something. It, time doesn't operate in the same way as time operates for your eyes. Three days to him, he's been through like 90 different hot takes. Yeah, it's, but it's also the way because, I mean, I, I mean, look, I I should stop giving him attention. That's my problem is I'm like <laughs> everyone else is I, I will listen. I will listen to his radio shows mm. and I'll watch him on, you know, he's the He's an entertaining so broadcaster. And, I actually think he's a talented broadcaster. But I just wish, I just wish he could change the record occasionally when it comes to North Melbourne yes. because it seems so petty. And also it's so the petty. same reason you don't want to watch the Demons beat up on a team that's on its knees. Like I just, it's punching down. 
But like, also, this all comes from the fact that, like, Sonia Hood made one joke at his fragile fucking ego. Yeah. And he cannot let it go since then. Well, he can't and let it go, like, but he also can't attack Sonia Hood mm. because people would be like, that is disgusting and yeah. unethical. So he has to go to the team, which you've ripped between the lines. It's still, it's still just as bad. Anyway. We all know it. We can see it. We can, like, it's obvious and you're picking on the weakest kid in the entire room with unreasonable standards you make up things that they never said and then you say they're not doing this thing that i said they were doing but nobody else has actually said they were doing so uh over in the west uh charlie Kenner kicks nine goals yeah but it was the most unexciting almost ton <laughs> i think i've ever sort of watched it was just it's too easy. I mean, he's a freak athlete and is uh, probably what? Would you put him in the top five players going around, even if he's not like the most consistent just in terms of athletic ability? I agree. Like, yeah. I mean, it, what a time though. There's so many good players in the AFL at the moment, but he is definitely one of the, yeah, like yeah, the top five to 10 for so sure. So where does it say the Eagles are at then? Because I don't remember any discussion. Like last year they had all the injuries and the COVID and all that kind of stuff. And so you kind of got a, a – it was a write-off year. This year seems like it's another write-off, and I know they've had injuries again. But have they – are they rebuilding? Where are they? Like, because did they go for draft picks? Uh, are they holding on to the players they've got? Like, I don't know what their strategy is. Have they – do you have to publicly announce a rebuild or at least, you know, in double speak announce a rebuild? What is going on at the Eagles? Uh, basically, I think what they did was – and some of it coincided with COVID, which didn't help, but – they had a whole bunch of like senior players who came to the end of their careers around the same time, some of whom probably played a year longer than they needed to be playing. But they were all premiership heroes not that long ago. Five so years ago. It was one of those things where, you know, it was worth rolling the dice to while you've got like Kennedy like playing for you, you roll the dice to see if you can win it again. And I think that they they tried to do that too long and now they're, yeah, they're going to have to rebuild. Like there's no way that their current group of players is going to be the team that wins them a premiership again. And just uh, as we've said every week, just a terrible, terrible year if you were planning a Western Australian holiday. There's going to be no Airbnbs free. They're going to be filled with all like Western Australians because they're not staying at home to watch their teams while they're playing like this. Frio, um, you know, put up a bit of a fight against Brisbane. But the only highlight, to come out of that game that everyone is talking about is this one. Oh. Ashcroft, out of midair. Oh, oh, you are kidding me. My God. Something unbelievable from the kid. That is ridiculous. Well, he's just won himself a car. That is goal of the year. I mean, Joey couldn't have said it better. I saw the highlight first and then went back and watched as many angles, and I still can't work out how he kicked that goal. Karate, the powers of karate, and the movie, the movie he trained with the Karate Kid. I can only, it's, it's the action of grabbing the. He's in the air and grabs and kicks the ball in one motion almost. Yeah, like but it's, it's with the outside of the boot, but it goes mm. in. Like it moves the wrong way for the outside <laughs> of the boot. Like I haven't. I've been trying to find an angle that shows like from behind the goals because I, I what I don't understand is how it got from his boot through the goals. Because, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, physics doesn't work like that. All the forces of nature are working in the opposite direction, and he makes it go through the goals. Like you know, Joey's right. That is definitely goal of the year. Although. 
it's that kind of season for Collingwood where you could see them like Ginevan or Ash Johnson or one of those mercurial type players kicking an even better goal than that. I mean, last week we were all just like, well, Charlie Cameron, that's goal of the year. But there, there are at least some debate over whether it's intentional or not, oh, right? Hey, Kane Corns had a take on that. Can you guess which way he went? <laughs> not intentional. Spoil sport. <laughs> Boo. Everything's bad. <laughs> They, also, talk- also, I don't like that they play songs after goals. That's yeah. not what football's about. I saw him talking about this goal, the uh, the Ash, um, uh, uh, the Mark Ashcroft, the, on, Ashcroft, uh, Ashcroft goal, Will Ashcroft, and um, he was saying, "Oh, you know that." Uh, there was debate last week. There was debate last week about whether or not the uh, the Charlie Cameron goal was intentional. But this one, I can't argue. It's like, oh, I bet you thought about it though. <laughs> I bet you you spent a good few hours before you recorded this segment going, how can I take a contrary take argue, on this? Yeah, how can I say that it was a fluke? <laughs> I mean, the idea that it is a goal is always a fluke to a certain extent when you are just throwing the ball on your foot in that circumstance. But the fact that he was able to just do that on pure instinct. That's, I mean, that's one of the most amazing goals I've ever seen. This, this has been like these few rounds have been great rounds for young, like first year, second year, third year players really like doing some things that you just think we're going to watch these kids like play amazing football for the, particularly these father sons. Like, like Charlie, yeah. I, I don't want to be certainly the guy who said Hitler had some good ideas, but. <laughs> Should we be running some like AFL eugenics program? <laughs> because it feels like the father sons are really starting to pay off. <laughs> like Ashcroft and like Moore Dacos. and Dacos. Like it's yeah. incredible. Jack Silvani's like, hey guys, don't forget about me. Yeah. <laughs> we, for a okay. while we thought that. You, you're right. We're off Hitler again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Sorry. I retract uh, that. That uh, goal of the year, though, um, sparked off a very bizarre sort of tit for tat between Brownie and Kingy. So they're showing the replay, and this is Brownie goes first. He was Jack Dyer, said the ball was going to get stuck between the posts. It should have got stuck then. Not, that- sure, <laughs> not sure your hamstrings would have coped with that, Kingy, that sort of manoeuvre. Wow. I mean, just sort of out of left field. Like, I don't know if, like, Kingy was particularly known for being inflexible or what the specific reference is or why he was lined up for it. But Kingy returns fire. Gentle, casual bullying. The usual love language of uh, ex-AFL players. (laughs) Casual bullying. (laughs) Okay, but obviously Kingy and Kingy struck me as this kind of guy. Kingy took that insult, didn't respond in the moment, Mm. locked it away. Then about 15 minutes later, Lincoln McCarthy gets injured. He's holding his back. He's shuffling off in the hands of trainers. And this is what Kingy comes back with. Moved. He's been attended to by the physio at the moment. Just rolled over onto his stomach. Very, very sore. You can see him there. Oh. The brownie getting out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> so that is David King to a T. Yeah. Like, even as a player, he had a little notebook. Yeah, if you got him right. early in the game, he just wrote your name down and you put it away. And he later on, just, you know, yeah, brilliant. I mean, personally, it strikes me like the start of a meet, like it's a meet cute at the start mm. of a rom com. Mm. It's like these two will never get along, or maybe they're perfect mm. for each other. <laughs> Brownie and Kingy. Oh, man. Um, I. He's a, an amazing. He, we probably haven't talked about Ashcroft like enough just because. Dacos yeah, takes it, all the headlines. But what a. Like, not just, uh, yeah, obviously a beautiful footballer in the sense that he can play football very well, but what a 
beautiful footballer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you got a little girl to draw a picture of what she thought a footballer would look like. He is like a he's like a Disney like um footballer. He's like yeah, I mean in a, like a, if it was high school musical, he's the team yeah, hunk. I, that's twin what quarterback he is. hunk. Exactly. Yeah. He's high school footballer musical. <laughs> Don't you think, though, with these pathways now, and I don't know if it's just because we see more of it on social media, but, like, you know, they have whole accounts and podcasts dedicated to sort of draft watch and stuff, and you can you can watch highlights of, like, 16-year-olds now that are sort of being, like, tagged as being future superstars. But the professionalism that is attributed to Ashcroft and Sheasel and Dacos and Mitch Owens and all these sort of young guns this year is that, you know, they're, pure, they're, they're professional, they're dedicated, they went off and did extra training in the summer and all this kind of stuff. Did that just not exist in the 90s when you and I were at draft age? I'm not saying that we could have got drafted, <laughs> but even guys I knew who, who did go and play AFL like is the professionalism just accelerated in the last 15 years or is it just the awareness around like ultra professionals? I mean, I think do, both. Do you like right? I said 15 years? I just shaved it lazy fucking 15 years off when we were in high school. <laughs> 30 yeah. years ago, we, I'm trying to say. Yeah, so 30 years ago. Because <laughs> um, I, I remember when I was playing schoolboys football, you know, like in, I was in that country Vic under-17s squad. We didn't – like I think they might have given us like a program that we were meant to do, like running or whatever. But it wasn't like even in that there was like he is – you know, what food you should be eating or here's like, yeah, you know, like this program that is compulsory to do or anything like that. Like I don't think – and I don't think that there was ever a discussion with any coach I had or like my parents or anything that you would like, why don't you – I mean, Change my parents diet. would like go and <laughs> run around the block or whatever. But <laughs> Well, it's – yeah, and it's not just that. Like you, you'll hear about, um, you know, a guy in his draft year. So he's still doing year 12 or whatever – has gone off to hire like a body movement expert to show him like proper running technique. And it's like, I I just don't know anyone like that. I, even the kids I knew who grew up in athletic families who maybe whose parents are sporty or whatever. But is it now because it's such a business that, you know, this is potentially a lucrative career for you for the next 15 years. So, because I imagine like a, a, a personal trainer or a coach like that, it doesn't come cheap, right? Well, I also imagine though, like these days, if you're like, say you want to be an actor or if you want to be a comedian, like when you're at high school, you probably do some, you could go and do some improv classes or you could go and like do a stand up comedy course. Or mm. like, I think maybe we just live in an era where those things are also accessible. But yeah, part of it is just that it's a big business, clearly, of course. Well, there's an account I follow on Instagram, which is, I think it's called like the kicking coach or something. And it's just this. Dude, self-appointed like kicking guru. <laughs> I'm the kicking coach. Yeah, like, like I mean, me, a dude you've never heard of. I've never heard of him. I don't know. Who, I mean, he could be an ex like uh, uh, like Sandful or Waffle Football. I don't know who he is. But could be. he posts like these tutorials on goal kicking, yeah. and you know he seems to kick the ball pretty well. I'm like, seems to he seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> he's but like he's how the kicking coach. how many how many of those would exist? Like, in, I'd be interested to know at junior level, like if. You have a – so, you know, they're the, the representative squads in all the states. If you had to send a, a player away for extra goal-kicking practice, like is there a goal-kicking coach or are you just sending him to an ex-player who, you know, like is Brownie giving lessons or, or whatever? Well, I mean both, I imagine. I think that both would be available. I mean to various levels. 
Like, I mean, eventually it is going to be Neville who played like 200 games at a local club. But you would be judgmental, right? If you got sent to a goal-kicking coach who had never played at the highest level, would you be like, what does this fucking guy know? Yeah, no, no. Really? No, no. Maybe I'd be like, because... If I went to an acting coach who had never, like, been on stage or in front of a camera, I'd be like, well, hang on. (laughs) What are you coaching (laughs) me? Although it's different, I guess. Like he could have played like at a high amateur level, and it's it's the same thing, just with less pressure or less kind of. Small I mean, crowds. what if the fact that they were a teacher was the greatest piece of acting of all because yeah, they weren't appearing good. on stage, yeah, right? Yeah, right. But they were still performing the role of a teacher in this environment, and if they were convincing at that, then they had taught you all you needed to know about all right, acting. Just, to, just <laughs> that'll be fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> just to cross promote our other podcast, Tofop, for a yep. second. If I quantum leaped you <laughs> into the yeah. body of a goal-kicking coach, just say your hips are moving because you're in the body of an yeah. athlete now, do you reckon, like you've got a half-hour session with a 17-year-old who's looking to go number one in the draft, you've got half an hour to coach him on goal-kicking, do you reckon you could get away with it? Do you reckon you could fool yep, him? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. By never taking a kick yourself? <laughs> By firstly saying, I've, I've lost my memory. <laughs> <laughs> so you will have to <laughs> I've been hitting the head way too many times. How about you you know what? No, because I can judge what a good kick is. So what I'd basically do in that scenario is I would say, like, well, firstly what I'm gonna get you to do is do a whole bunch of kicks and then we'll run you through what you're doing what well okay. and you're doing. Maybe right. half an hour is too easy. We've yeah. got a week. You've got five one hour sessions with him over a week. Mm-hmm. Like one of the days I'd do shit that wasn't about kicking. Yeah, paint like, the fence and stuff. Paint the like, fence style stuff, kick. yeah. One of the days is Why am like, I doing it with my foot? <laughs> because you're, I'm a goal kicking coach. One of the, one of the, the days in your legs. is odd jobs around the house. So. But he can only use his kicking foot. <laughs> no, his non-preferred foot. <laughs> that's the lesson. Right? So you're doing – that's why they're called odd jobs. My you're left using... and right foot. <laughs> that's my philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to move on. Um, I thought you might want to talk about the yep. dogs. Uh, the Bont celebrated uh, 200 games on the weekend. I f- found out a stat about him that I did not realise, which is that he's only missed six games since being drafted, which uh, you know puts him in elite company in terms of durability, which seems like a, like a, an amazing statistic until you think back to last year when he was basically crippled and they played him anyway. Like he could have not played last year, right? Oh, mate, he should have missed 120 yeah. games. <laughs> but we cannot survive without him, so he has to play regardless of how he's feeling. Um, yeah, I, I look, I mean, an amazing player. You know, what they, there was talk around it being amongst the best. You know, it, it's always stupid to say who's had the best first 200 games, but in the discussion, uh, you know, amongst the best 200 games, that you know, first 200 games that anyone's ever played, on track if he could keep on the field and we're never letting him go. So he's going to be on track to, you know, be the club's games record holder, maybe eventually, certainly the most credentialed, like, you know, an awarded player in the history of our club. I mean, he's just And Damien Barrett's wife, if Damien has anything to say. say And, well, yeah. And look, you know, I... I reckon Damien Barrett will kidnap him, king of comedy style. (laughs) It'll just be like he's created this, like, homemade set and it's just like a on the couch that Bont can never leave. It's just Damo just telling him how great he is. 
I had so many people from the Bulldogs this week contact me, you know, just because it was Bond's 200th and all independently just going, hey, remember that time you came down to the rooms and you you met his mum and said thank you? <laughs> I was there. Like, I saw I like, that. I do remember that. <laughs> I, was, I was right. And I'd like to reiterate, Mrs. Bontempelli, thank you. <laughs> The Hawks actually gave you a bit of a, a contest. They're, for, good. They're all right, the okay. Hawks. Okay. So that's what I was going to – leads to my next question. So if the mm. Hawks are tanking, as Damien Barrett uh, has alleged, they're doing a real bad job of it because they've almost won like four games this year. I think that they've just done a pretty sensible – That's the best job at it though. Yeah. Like if you're tanking, all, yeah. that's that's the best way to tank. Just like, lose every game. Just lose. Yeah, I guess so. But Get they, yourself a nice losing culture. That's what they always say. <laughs> wow, but that's the that's Hawthorne, isn't it? Like they don't. Yeah. It, their winning is so ingrained in them. They can have a season where they just build a losing culture because they know statistically in three point five years they're going to win another flag. So it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like well, they believe they don't believe. Was it determinism or what's the other one? What's the one where things are just set? You can't. There's no. You can only. You can't change the future. Is that determinism? I mean, it does sound like determinism. Okay, well, that's Hawthorne. It's like they're always going to win flags. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. They can live for the now. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> just have fun. Yeah. Basically, what you're saying with Hawthorne is that they just expect to win a flag about every four years. And they're just every, like in the in-between years, they're like, let's just, see how we win it this time. Yeah. <laughs> let's just do the dumbest thing and we'll wake yeah. up tomorrow and we'll be, we'll be premiers again. This no, it is, doesn't this is what matter. happens we'll, for us. We'll, we'll win a premiership again in a few years, yeah. regardless of what we do. Yeah, let's just eat cakes all day. We'll learn the piano yeah. and then let a groundhog smash our car. <laughs> and we'll still be premiers. Uh, just quickly on the Saints of the Power, um, we cannot beat the Power. Like they are... It, with no shadow of a doubt, our bogey side. It's just unbelievable. I thought because Robbie Gray had retired, maybe that would get us the victory. But let me just say this. I said last week, if there's any Saints fans listening out there, don't boo Jason Horn Francis. It's just dumb and unbecoming and we have nothing to do with whatever fight, you know, the kangaroos are in with cankorns or whatever. They fucking did it anyway. And guess what Jason Horn Francis did? <laughs> Be awesome. Be really awesome at football. It was so embarrassing. It was embarrassing because, like, it was the classic thing of there was no reason to do it. It it is ridiculous that anybody is still doing it. The fact that there has been public commentary around the idea that we should stop doing it and people have still decided that they were doing it. So good on you. You're real heroes. You're on top of the ladder at this stage. Like, because this is the other thing. Like, maybe in different circumstances and you'd have more forgiveness, but it's a good time for the Saints. Everything's going great. Like, you know, there's no reason to suddenly be booing this kid. And then when the kid embarrasses you, like embarrasses everybody else on the field. Like, I mean, he... Like, I mean, yeah, his disposal wasn't amazing and there's still flaws in his game. But, like, again, as a second-year player, like, that, that clearance work that he was doing, the way that he yeah. was, like, it On was... On Jack Steele, by the way. Like, yeah. he was doing it Brad Crouch, then Jack Steele. That's, that kid you just booed just made you look really, like, it, it's embarrassing. I and, mean, like, the dogs did it as well. So, like, it's yeah. not... No one, but no one should do it. Well, yeah, that, I think it is a good lesson for any other clubs out there coming up against Port Adelaide. Like, just good luck. Just let the kid play because yeah. you're only going to make him better. And we don't want Kane Corns winning. All right. Do you think that part of the reason that people are still unsympathetic to him is not just the Kane Corns thing, but also the fact that it does? There is something about having your socks pulled up that high that just and the long like, blonde hair too. I know it's there is, but the socks. 
Like I've noticed that, like, I mean, there's been a bit of a running commentary on this podcast about the anklets that Matty Rao seems to be rocking around in. But Jason Horn Francis has gone the opposite way. Like I, I feel like he's got an, added an extra bit of sock. Yeah. Like in those socks, they seem even. That could be you. You could be right because we live mm. in a more permissive society where, mm. like, you know, it's body body positivity, and you know, people yeah. are wearing g strings to the beach, and that's completely fine. And now you've got a dude who's trying to regress us back into yeah. like the 1920s when too much ankle. Yeah. What is this? The handmade style. Show us your sexy ankles, JHF. That's what we say on this podcast. <laughs> Lower those socks and give us a gander at those gams. <laughs> <laughs> we are two guys, one car. Um, well, it's time for mic check. Podcast, Mike. Welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. you. Attended a, a big game. Today, uh, the Bombers took on the Cats. Uh, was it your first live game for the year? Yeah, first in probably over 15 years since I've been to the MCG. Wow. And wow, can I just say <laughs> what an experience. Like so many people did not – it's so much bigger on than it looks on TV. Like I did not realise how big it was. And I mean, but of course you were there in like the AFL's uh, premier game, which country round. Yeah. It was the yes. country round. So, like, I mean, that, that's the crowd's obviously boosted because of country <laughs> round. <laughs> I didn't even know that round existed until about uh, 10 minutes before we started recording. <laughs> I mean, I was really excited. I had a good time and I wanted to do, like, I got some hot chips. Uh, to be honest, they were terrible and overpriced, <laughs> which does seem to be the trend uh, that I've heard about from footy. So it really was the authentic experience. Um, we're sitting in what um, I think the Hilltop Hoods described as the nosebleed section oh, yeah. as well. well. Good thing um, you had so your that- hoodie with you. Shame it wasn't Friday night footy, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say was... I, I sent a text to the group chat for this pod because obviously Essendon, I don't think, even scored a single point until like late in the first quarter. And it was just, to be honest, it was just frustrating. Like I don't know how people <laughs> could go every week because I, I said to one of my friends, are there people who like the team is on the bottom of the ladder but they come to every single home game? And it's like yeah. there's nothing you can do when you're sitting there to change what's happening. It feels really frustrating. Did you it's not sort know of like, that before? You were, did you go there thinking that <laughs> no, maybe you like, were allowed to affect the outcome I of the game? Did you, was, I don't just, know. Did your friends have to stop you from climbing onto the ground? No, no, Mike, no, it's not but, interactive. I don't think it. I realized how frustrating it feels when your team is down by forty points and there's just nothing you can do. Like well, I, to be the, honest, I felt like leaving. Feeling. It is the worst yeah. feeling, and 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 the worst feeling is when you go to one of those games on a Friday night. Like the Saints losing mm. on a Friday gives you all weekend to just wallow in the mire and just sort of like go over the game again and again, and you can't right. even really enjoy the rest of footy. Yeah. It's better like that you went on a Sunday because it's already a new round and you can forget about it quickly. Yeah, but it w- I mean, it was disappointing, but I actually did think Essendon played some pretty good footy from they, what like, I saw. They they kicked a hundred like they kicked a hundred points in mm. pretty much every other game of the season that would win you the game of football. Like they they were the terrible. Quarter. They the just and, and Geelong, I mean, I was I watched that entire game and 
when is Kingy going to get on the public record and say that he was talking absolute fucking nonsense three weeks ago when he when said there's no dead. way that Geelong can – it's all over and I'm not going to be convinced by Geelong. Geelong are great. Geelong are really good again. Tom yeah. Hawkins is like 95 years old, did his preseason in the first four rounds of the season <laughs> and now is like third in the Coleman. <laughs> i got to say though, um, just, just quickly, like over the years, I mean – I've heard a lot about um, Tipper and it was, it actually was so exciting watching him play. Like it, it, and I, and I did find like every time he got the ball, it was just like this mad run um, for him to get a goal. And yeah, it was, I, I really enjoyed it. And that's one of minimum four games of the year for me. What was more disappointing that game where you kind of got jumped at the start and then, you know, clawed your way back, but were never really in it. Or last week, Anzac game, where you were in control with the last six yeah, minutes. Yeah, definitely, to go. definitely Anzac day. Mm. Like I was so disappointed, and I actually re-listened to this now you sound like, like, like a like a Saint supporter where you can yeah. which one hurts the most. <laughs> definitely last week because I felt like we came back pretty well and we really fought for it in the last quarter, the yeah. last two, the last half, really. Okay, can I can I ask this that based on your experience of uh, Anzac Day and, and yeah. knowing that Collingwood can come from nowhere to snatch the game. Did, mm. did you think it was premature in our group chat before this <laughs> podcast today when you – Mike has decided uh, that he's going to keep track of our tips, something that we did not oh, yeah. ask him to do, but he's decided <laughs> he's going to do it regardless. And he's fired our tips that we do a week out from the, our tips that we will do tonight for the games next weekend. He's decided he's keeping a little score in our – in our group chat, and you fired through that from this round, I was going to be five and Charlie was going to be seven, as long as Adelaide won, you know, won the game. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like he put the mods on him because that was with about five minutes ago. You sent that text, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit." Yeah. When right. I sent that, Adelaide was in front by eight points with about five minutes left. So I was like, oh, "Okay, so Adelaide will probably win." Did, so I'll yeah. just send the tips now. They were playing yeah. Collingwood, though. Did you notice that? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, now you got I know. Close look at them last week. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even realize. Remember, at the start of the year, I called Collingwood will win the premiership mm. this year, and I do think it's a possibility. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think, so. they, uh, think it is too. Hey, uh, we like to test uh, our podcast Mike's uh, knowledge of football vernacular and lingo. Um, so if you want to send something in to test him, you can do at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter. Just hashtag it, Mike Check, or just reply to the pinned tweet. Um, a Paul wants to know, Mike, what does it mean to be playing in the Magoos? Oh, I'm not even going to try and come up with something for that. I'll I've- give you a clue. It's, it's rhyming, rhyming slang. slang. Oh, uh, like. Shoes? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, well, again, it does rhyme with shoes. Yeah. So you're right. Um, okay. Uh, you, so you went to um, a, a, a private school where they, they had yep. uh, football teams. And yeah. um, so oh, the teams, playing in the twos. Playing yeah, in the twos. Yeah, gotcha. There you go. Um, this one, I don't even know the answer to. Maybe, Will, you can enlighten both uh, podcast Mike and I. Maybe. What does it mean to be parking the bus? Sounds like a sexual euphemism to me. What does it mean to be parking the bus? I think, I yeah, okay, Mike, what do you think parking the bus is? When a bus stops, because there's so <laughs> yeah. much momentum, the like all the passengers sort of jolt forward a bit. 
And and so maybe it's when there's just a jolt forward of momentum from one team. You're parking the bus. I mean, I think it's the opposite of that, which is right. I believe when like it's when they basically when they like flood the back line. Like yeah, so the uh, idea is that yes. they're not they're not trying to attack anymore. They just park the bus. That is absolutely correct. Well, uh, defended a uh, team defends without trying to attack with mo- almost all their players on the team staying deep inside their own defensive half. Well done. Did you just uh, did you just uh, glean that from the analogy? Will no, I've heard the term like use. I was just okay. trying to work out what it was because there's also the other time you hear about them parking the bus is when. They talk about the media bus, right? So I was trying yeah. to work out whether it was in relation to on uh, the field because the other one is they'll be parking the bus outside, you know, uh, whoever's doing better. Like outside, you know, Arden Street this week, the the bus will be parked down there, which is the idea that that, that is the team where all the media will be that week. But, I, yeah, anyway, they're my two bus-related AFL <laughs> terms. <laughs> All right, uh, well, we like to take a look at uh, the media, AFL media during the week. And we're not really going to focus on commentary much this week because there was a heap of stuff happening in all the footy programs during the week. I'm going to call this segment Ill Communication. But I've got I've classed them into sort of four categories. Okay, so the first, first one is, um, um, did I hear that right? Uh, this was from, uh, I think it was AFL 360 when uh, they had coaches night. This is... Uh, 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 Simon Goodwin. Oh, yeah. is this the one that I – yeah, so this is uh, – I loved this because this was after Anzac Day. So Simon Goodwin's come in. He's coached the night before. They've got uh, Brad Scott there who's coached like literally half an hour before. So it's, it's great. It's compelling. But I – it's been a big day and I am only <laughs> half watching. So I, I was surprised to learn that there was one particular new player on the Melbourne forward line that I was like, oh, I didn't know. So have a listen. We're going to keep forging ahead and trying some things, um, and all those guys will get their opportunities if they're informed. But you know, we like what we're seeing with Jacob, and we like what we're seeing with with Harrison Ford. So, yeah, I mean, who Ford. doesn't want Indiana Jones playing for their team? That sounds awesome. Oh, I was like, is Harrison Ford? Like, apparently he was like saying Harrison Ford, but like, it, literally, I was like, did he just? Do they have a player called Harrison Ford? <laughs> Now, the next one seems to be a recurring segment on the show, and that is a media commentator uh, mucking up a well-known phrase or saying. This oh, was great. Ralphie on, on the couch on Monday night. But as Rossi Lyon would say, are we right now educating one to kill a thousand? Is the price that we pay that potentially Zach Merritt and Taylor Adams are not playing today? <laughs> That's not the order you want to do it. No, Look, I I've got a new plan. We're gonna. I want to kill a thousand people. <laughs> so so but in return, to one person. <laughs> in return, we've got a Bachelor of Arts that is available. <laughs> Uh, then there's this one that's, uh, that's inventing words that don't exist. This was uh, okay. Ben Waterworth on the Fox Footy podcast. We saw Collingwood reaffirm its title as comeback king. St Kilda enhance its finals credentials. <laughs> finals credentials. And I, I have to look that up. Finals credentials. Because I'm not so arrogant as to assume I know yeah. every word in the English language. Yeah, maybe it is sure. a word. Maybe he knows more than we do. No, is I looked a- it up. There is yeah. no credentials, unless it's uh, spelt like a way that I've never heard of. But even I've spelt I've spelt credentials C R E D E N T I A N S credentials or O N S. I'll put O in and see if that brings up something. Credentials. 
But yes, still doesn't I mean, exist. I would have thought that it's probably credentials that he was yeah. going for, <laughs> the common word that we all know, as opposed to this word none of us seem to have ever heard of. Credentials. And the last one is, well, look, whatever this, whatever this is from Brownie, thank you. Thank you. What are we talking about? Their running ability. So yeah. you want to test yourself against the best to get that sort of your game going as well. Beautifully said, Brownie. <laughs> Sorry, can we just hear that clip once more time, podcast Mike? And killed, huh? What are we talking about? Their running ability. So yeah. you want to test yourself yeah. against the best to get that sort of your game yeah. going as well. Beautifully said, Brownie. <laughs> Beautifully said, Brownie. Okay. <laughs> exactly, Gary. <laughs> Gary. Beautifully said. Does Gary, was Gary in that moment actually saying, that it was beautifully said in that he agreed with the point that St Kilda, it is about their running and you have to stop their running. Or was he mocking Brownie, the fact that Brownie just started mumbling at the end of that sentence? No, I think it was more he had a beautifully said preloaded yeah. because he had a producer in his yeah. ear saying, hey, we've got to get out because uh, Jared, mm. Jared's tapping his foot. And then <laughs> we did not expect Brownie to just trail off and a number, number, number. Can we just have one? Can, please, can we just play that one more time? Because I just need to try to work out what he was trying to say. And killed, huh? What are we talking about? Their running ability. So yeah. you want to test yourself against the best to get that sort of your game going as well. Beautifully said, Brownie. <laughs> you want to test yourself against the best, you got to get a gang, got to get a gang together? Is that what he says? You want to test yourself against <laughs> the best, you got to get a gang together. <laughs> he turns into the crazy frog ringtone at the end. You'd get yourself, you would have touched the gang, 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 gang. And then says as well, like he recovers just a bit and goes as well. Beautifully said, Brownie. <laughs> uh, it's time for Brain Dwayne. Brain Dwayne. I, I couldn't hear a lot of what was uh, happening in the Swans and GWS game because uh, I was at a party, of course, and so there's other things going on. So I had to sort of go back and scrub through moments. Um, that I thought uh, were, were worth highlighting. Um, this one, I kind of saw the player, saw the move, and I could hear some excitement in his voice, so I had to go back and check it. This is uh, Brett Daniels running into a goal. Hogan spills it. Daniels, the tiny dancer, dances inside and nails it. <laughs> is that a drive-by? Does that qualify as a drive-by? Like, Brett Daniels is short. Sure, probably no shorter than any kind of small forward. Tiny dancer? It seems derogatory. I mean, it... It does a little, doesn't it? Like, I yeah. mean, do you think that he's trying to get Tiny Dancer going so that when there's a tackle applied to Daniels, he can do hold me closer, Tiny Dancer? Uh, like, is there, does he have yeah. one of those? Is he doing, because sometimes Dwayne will do some groundwork to get something going because he's got a longer con up his sleeve. Yeah, so it's a plant and a payoff. So he's yeah. planting Tiny Dancer. And mm. so, because that makes sense, because you, you, Brett Daniels being a sort of small forward, there is yeah. a chance he'll get tied up in the contest yeah. or whatever. That, yeah, I think, all right, that explains a lot. Um, you picked this one out. This is from um, uh, the Bombers <laughs> Geelong game. Um, well, well let's you know, just... well, no, you know, I think the scene that I want to set here is okay. this, this is classic. Dwayne's prepared something, right? Like this is definitely one that he's brought from home. He's had a look. He's just, it's country round. He's got to bring something for country round. He's gone through the names of the players. He's looked at what is it that I can associate with the country? How can I 
you know, like maybe if Horn Francis had been playing and people had been booing, he could have gone, no, they're moves. Like they, we would have had some of those things uploaded up his sleeve. But this is what he's decided to go with. McDonald Tippin Woody gets his moment. That's a spear for Wiedemann. And that would be appropriate in the country game if an obnoxious weed starts popping up here on the G. Did he say obnoxious weed, not noxious weed? <laughs> so good. He so, said obnoxious weed, didn't he? Like, so is that a weed that's got a lot of attitude, keeps talking back and shit? So he, it definitely sounds like he says obnoxious rather than noxious to me, absolutely. But even if he says noxious, like, he goes for it again because Wiedemann ends up kicking five in this game. And so he, 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 he went with it again at the end of the game, like the noxious weed. And, like, like he was really working hard to get it going. And if you're Wiedemann... Like, you're already the weed, right? You don't want to be... Why a noxious weed? Why an obnoxious or a noxious <laughs> weed? The, the implication like, is negative already. Like, it's why like a, a doubling down. Like, you don't have to make it a, like a horrible, yeah. noxious weed as well, yeah. right? Yeah. If there was a surname whose like, player's surname was Rat and you just called him the stinky rat or the slimy rat, it's like, we get it. Rat. He's a rat. I grew up in the country, and when people say, what are things from the country that remind you of the country, my immediate answer is that noxious weeds <laughs> or obnoxious weeds. Now, this final one, uh, I have to give credit to uh, listener Archie Dion- uh, Diancono, uh sent this in. Let's just play the grab first, and then we can talk about it. They kicked the last four goals of the game, the Giants. All games are equal, but some are a little more equal than others. Does that uh, quote sound familiar to you? It's a it is a paraphrasing of uh, George Orwell's Animal well, Farm. All animals are created equal. Yeah. Some are created more equal than others. Yeah. So Archie was like, "I'm not entirely sure which parts of the game were most Orwellian, but it's fun that Dwayne is trying." I mean, but also all. Like, it's a flawed premise. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any like, sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. All games are equal. No, they're not. Literally, the very definition we had of the most games, they start games. equals. <laughs> they start, like, they're absolute blowouts. Tell me they were equal. Uh, well, it's probably time to get to our mailbag, and then we can say goodbye. Yeah. If you want to send us a message, you can. We're on Twitter and Instagram. At two guys, one cup AFL at both of those social media sites. Have we spoken about Oleg Markov before on this podcast? Uh, why by the way, we... Collingwood footballer Oleg Markov. Um, I don't know. I don't think we have. Why? What do you? What needs it? The mustache. Because, <laughs> like, he looks like when he goes to the sidelines of the games, they should have him on a penny farthing and not the normal exercise yeah. bike. He looks like a barber from Denver. He looks like a guy who's going to tie you to a railway track. Like, he's amazing. Like, I'm into him. Like, I'm not against it. But I... I loved him as Tesla <laughs> in The Prestige. <laughs> Uh, well, that's from that's, uh, that's from listener Will. I've got a question about Olaf Markov. This is from Nick. He says, I don't think this has been covered before, but what are your favourite footy venues? I know you can't get to as much footy as you'd like, uh, but maybe you've seen games at Metricon and thought it was great, or the Witten Oval for an AFLW game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Adelaide Oval is mm. a pretty spectacular place to watch football. I agree. The G, I mean, it goes without saying. It's probably easy to name stadiums that I do not like. Um, I did not really like Metricon. I've been there. It's just weirdly placed. Like many suburbs of the Gold Coast, it just feels weird. It's just like in the middle of nowhere. 
There's no atmosphere around it. The Gabba is weird. I don't like the Gabba. Again, just sort of drop from the sky. There's no underground parking and stuff. I haven't been to Optus Stadium, but I've been outside it. It looks amazing. Have you been to Optus Stadium? No, I haven't been to Western Australia since they built it. Um, Docklands is probably at the lower end and then historically I hated VFL Park. When the Saints moved to VFL Park, I fucking hated it. And then, of course, you go with your own team, Suburban Ground. So I love Moorabbin. Still have very fond memories of Moorabbin. What are your yeah, favourites? Yeah, I, I, I will say um, I agree with most of those things. And uh, But with the Tassie team being approved and the fact that they're going to build like a – Oh, a sorry, sp- and, and the SCG is pretty amazing. Just so Swan fans don't fucking dare there. <laughs> I do love going to see games at the SCG, especially if it's a Twilight game, the sun's going down. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a beautiful ground, the SCG. Um but, yeah, I, I reckon Tassie will be a great place to watch footy. When they build a boutique stadium down there, I think that there's part of me that's just like, maybe I should move to Tassie. <laughs> like, you know, like oh, maybe I'll move down to like, yeah, that's a good place for an ABC person to retire. It is. Tassie, it really you know. Is. And then like they're going to have their own football team. I can go to the football every weekend. Tassie can be my second team. I like literally that announcement. Like, I mean, I know they haven't officially approved the team yet, but it feels like that's like what what's going to happen. There was literally a part of me that when they were talking about the, the, the growth in the area and the jobs it would bring to the area, I was like, yeah, I reckon I could be convinced. I think if if I could know that I could go to the footy every second weekend and watch it in like a beautiful little boutique stadium in Tasmania, that would have great appeal to me. I can totally see you in Tassie. Mm. Like, I, I just it makes sense. Will let's get Will to Tassie. Let's start the campaign now. Will to Tassie. <laughs> well, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, Matt Dean says, "Do you reckon Seal Sidebottom meant to kick that point, knowing the situation?" Um, no. No, I reckon he'd be going for going for goal. He was definitely going for goal. Like the upside is, because you would put is, your faith in being able to defend. Yeah, the, yeah, to defend a centre. You'd rather bounce. be a goal ahead still than a point yeah. ahead because, like, if if they take it down the other end and kick a goal, you, you lose. Whereas, like, if you're a goal ahead, and b- by the way, the way Collingwood are playing, why would they? Why would they care? They would just go, yeah, yeah we'll win by a goal because we'll kick another goal after this. Uh, a lot of questions about the pies, a lot of comments yeah. about the pies, and I think we've covered most of them earlier in the chat. Uh, Charlie, did the Swans losing by a point to GWS and Green nearly make up for the Saints losing? <laughs> That's how you know the depths of my depravity and how far into this shard and fraud I am. Yes, it did. It was a soothing balm <laughs> to my to my raging burn from the night before. And by the way, I, we didn't talk heaps about the Saints because fair enough, you probably didn't want to. But well, it's also felt like a hundred years ago now. But it, it, that was such a great game of footy. Like, I mean, I'm sure as a Saints fan, it would not have been enjoyable to watch. I'm, I don't feel bad. But it was, they, Saints I, played I, great. I think Porter a good team. Like, it was just a really good game. I felt we looked a little flat, like energetically. We just seemed just slight, you know, there's a couple of fumbles in the back line and, you know, players like Wilkie and Battle have been so good, they got flustered and kicked in the man on the mark. But then, and then I was also thinking five-day break, maybe they're just a bit tired. But then someone posted a stat that we'd actually covered more metres at a quicker pace against Port than we did the previous week. So who knows? Or maybe it was because we covered the ground so quickly at such a high pace. I don't but, know, but it was, yeah, I didn't think the Saints had anything to, I mean, because the Saints also are still so undermanned. The fact yeah. that they're just so consistently competitive. Anyway, it was, yeah. and, and when you hear about Port's record against you guys and at Marvel, like it turns out they love Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, 
Stinger wants to know will the Swans make finals? I reckon. St- I reckon still. Yeah. I'm gonna say no. I'm oh really? Jump off. I reckon the Swans won't make the finals. Okay. Um, uh, Jason wants to know: Are Richmond taking for Victor Wembanyama? The uh, that's the NBA draft pick that everyone's talking about. Um, I don't think Richmond are tanking. I think that they are. They're ahead of West Coast. Let me say that in terms of knowing where they're at and where they want to get to. They're playing a lot of kids, Richmond. They've got some real guns that are holding them in games, but they should be getting spanked a bit like North at the moment. Um, uh, hey, on Mike, do you got? Do you got a, can we get, do a late uh, mic check entrant here? Yep. Okay. Hey, Mike, what's a footy factory? <laughs> and it's not a literal footy factory. That's my clue. <laughs> Is that like where um, like a lot of private schools just churn out really good yeah. footy players. So that, is that yeah. actually it? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Nice. Um, uh, how could have Ashcroft celebrated that goal better and how would you guys celebrate that goal? Well, let's just stick with the last part of the question. I mean, I would never stop talking about it. <laughs> like I would define my entire personality. I would base my entire personality around the fact that I once kicked goal of the year. Like I think I could, I would live off that. I would, turn that into uh, there'd be a Twitter account there'd be an Instagram account like that goal kicking coach I'd just fucking become the guy who get goal of the year that would be me I, I'm going to go a step further I, I, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely I'm on board with your approach but I don't think you're taking it far enough what I would do is I would kick that goal I would immediately run as if I was running to the bench for an interchange but mm. I would run past the bench <laughs> down into the rooms grab my stuff out of the ground, never play again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Forrest Gumpet. You're just going to start just running like, and, just... and then not stop for seven years. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm done. You're going to invent jogging. <laughs> uh, is, uh, this bag of spuds says, is Dwayne doing it on purpose these days? Comical at this point. He's never not on. Yeah, I no. Look, we just I think we just twigged a couple of years ago to like Dwayne is well, – I the way it started with Dwayne was I'm like he's the king of hyperbole because he would talk up – even the most mundane events or games. And then the wordplay sort of I became aware of a bit later. But I would think he's been doing it for ages. We've just only cottoned on to him now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've just made it a feature. We're on the lookout for it now. And, like, Dwayne, again, is just he brings some shit, right? Like, that's the truth. Like, like a lot of the others, they just don't bring anything that's interesting. But Dwayne, like, consistently brings stuff. Mike, another one here that involves you. This is from Pat. Uh, I spotted podcast Mike in an Essendon jumper in the wild. This is his year of footy. Yes, Pat, it is. How do you feel like you're getting spotted out and about? You'll be in the bloody Sydney Confidential next. Or what are the, what's the Melbourne version? Melbourne Confidential. Oh. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> what Was it's that called? sent today, Charlie? Because I, yeah, I walked to the MCG mm. um, from my place. Did you notice so- anyone staring at you? And whispering to their no, fans, podcast, Mike, it's, it's this bigger year of football. I didn't, unfortunately, but I, I, I had a feeling it was happening, though. Did you, <laughs> did you like cheer at the game? Like, what sort of supporter were you? Because we've spoken a bit on the podcast before about the fact that, like, I'm quite a quiet supporter at the footy, but Charlie is <laughs> like, he's not. He's not. Yeah, Charlie is <laughs> whatever the opposite of that is. That's what Charlie is at the football. <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of in between. And I actually sort of had to catch myself at one point when one of the Geelong players missed a really easy goal and I just shouted out, you idiot! <laughs> um, and yeah, everyone around me... on my side of the fence there. Um, and did then you, I, my friend, no, being you, Mike, did you yell out, you idiot, you player from the Geelong Cats? <laughs> no, no, but one of my friends... Uh, the friend I was with was a Geelong supporter, so I immediately like had to apologise to him because I felt kind of bad about it. But yeah, why are you apologising to him? There's no bearing in his life. Apologise to the know. player doing it. <gasps> Mike, will you write her a letter of apology to letter. Geelong Football Club? Yeah, say so, oh, I'll, I'll try and, and figure out which player it was. Podcast Mike Just write, from the popular AFL podcast. Two yeah. guys. Can you write an open letter to the Geelong Football yeah. Club and just say yeah. uh, at one point during the game I yelled at you, idiot. I feel terrible. I'd like to publicly using an ableist to term. <laughs> yeah, I'll come up with something for, ne- for next week. And then just read out what the response yeah. from the football club is yeah. next week. That'd be amazing. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's something to go out on. Uh, uh, we're going to record our tips, and you can hear them also, uh, every Thursday on the Listener app, and you all you can also watch them uh, uh, by going to our Instagram page at Two Guys One Cup AFL. But uh, as I said before, you can find us on all socials at Two Guys One Cup AFL. Will, have you got anything you need to promote? Um, I've got shows. So if you're in uh, Brisbane or Sydney or Perth or uh, Townsville or um, there's other places, comedy.com.au, you can can have a look and find out where those places are and come and see me do some stand-up shows. That would be very nice. Thank you. Follow us. Follow us. If you uh, like the show, please follow us on the Listener app or follow us on social media and stuff. That's what I've been instructed to Spread the word. Tell people about it. Rate and review. Ring that bell. <laughs> Don't say subscribe, though. Apparently, that's old-fashioned. That's okay. like saying www. You say follow. But we're old-fashioned. Go to http <laughs> colon backslash backslash www. All right. That's it. Play on not 15. Bow. Listener.